We are in Champions League, man. That was my Dilly din, dilly dong, come on. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. This is the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast with Gary Kearney. Hello, welcome to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. My name is Gary Kernin. Joining us for this episode is Chris van der Hagen. I've wanted to get him on for a long time. Director of Coach Education with the Belgian FA. Oversaw a lot of the Belgian football revolution that they went through in the early 2000s with developing this current class of world-class players. and unbelievable insight and a real inspiration for coaches that all want to do things the right way but maybe there's an obstacle or two in the in the way and Chris has got some unbelievable advice about that there so you're going to love this please let me know what you think at Gary Crane on Instagram at Gary Crane on Twitter this was one of the live webinars that we've done we're, we're putting them out nearly every day at the minute so if you're enjoying the webinar and you want to give back please go into the Modern Soccer Coach website modernsoccercoach.com take a look maybe order a book or a webinar we've got a couple of new webinars that were just put out there this week the press and workshop webinar is now available for seven dollars fifty and the match analysis webinar is now available there as well so please go and take a look thanks so much here's chris enjoy chris welcome really really excited to have you on yeah very happy to be there the, the first question I would have for you, and it's around, I suppose, the start of this revolution, this youth development revolution of Belgium, when you were when you were ranked 66 in the world and you missed out on the, the second round of the 2000 Euros, it, was a, it looked to be a catalyst for Belgian football. There's always a temptation to copy other models, as, as a lot of other countries have done. You, you guys chose not to do that. Uh, why did you choose to create your own? Yeah, because every everybody, every country is is completely different. We have our own culture. You have your culture, and uh, the most easy thing is just to make copy paste. But uh, copy paste doesn't work at all because it's it's all about people, and as the people are are different, we you really have to start from from your own reality. Your let's let's say your DNA, and then. Uh, Watch what 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 is possible, what is realistic, uh, to to uh, to to change, because it was a, a yeah a, really a, a revolution. Uh, we really started from from scratch, and and this is one thing your own reality. This is Belgium, and and then uh, because just to give you an idea, we have we we are a very small country, but we have which is an advantage. Uh, Maximum distance from north to south, it, it's uh, 300 kilometers. So it's it's three, two hours and a half drive and you're from, from the north to the south. So this is an advantage to organize football competitions, youth competitions, and also national team activities and training activities. Because when, when you do this in the center of your country, it's maximum one hour drive for everybody. So it's very accessible. So this is one thing. But then you say, okay, we have two different languages. So you really have to be creative and say, this is our reality. How are we going to deal with this reality if we want to build up something, uh, a plan, a vision that is common for everybody? 
So you need a lot of partnerships to to start. And and if you if from the very beginning, if you don't, if you are not aware about we need other people, we need each other, then it it's it's mission impossible. So that was very important. We say, okay, we want to create a common vision for all the food stakeholders of our country. So everybody who wants to be involved can be involved from the very beginning. This was one thing. And second thing was uh, just look around, watch the international top game at that moment and learn from that game. And this is not copy-paste. It's just yeah, being inspired by other countries and then say, okay, how can we now from that reality with our Belgian national reality, how can we build a philosophy and a vision for the whole nation? Brilliant. What was the biggest change? Was it the leadership? Was it strong leadership? Was it a player-centered approach? Was it the type of training? What do you think was the biggest one? Yeah, I, I always call it, it's 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 yeah, one of the sentences that I've I've created to to... Yeah, to 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 get really to the to the biggest change, it's it's all about the individual. So that that change about okay in football because they always said yeah it's a team sport, so it's it's all about the team. And now we change that and say it's all about the individuals that are part of the team. And even of at the highest level, and even more at the highest level, all these the big football stars. They play in a team, in the top teams, but they are all very, very, very individuals, individuals, uh, egocentric individuals. It is like that. So you must be aware of that and say, okay, how can we build from these individuals a strong team? And that's what we did. Like, it's all about the player, every single individual player. And if 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 I call it the coaching switch, and, and it's it's very easy to to explain. It's trying to convince your coaches about forget about the team and start thinking about every single individual player. And if you, if if my role is, I want to to um, involve, uh, to, no, to develop every single player in best possible way. Automatically, my team will become stronger. The other way around doesn't work because if you focus on the team and on the team results. The small ones, the young ones, the less experienced ones, they drop out because they don't get the attention that they should have. They don't feel valued. They don't feel that they are making progress. They don't get that individual attention from the coach and they they quit. That was a big, a big switch. Is that is that the biggest thing that you would say is, uh, is the opposite of a player-centered coach is the coach that is result-focused, team-focused, tactics at too young an age, maybe? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that's uh, this was the starting point and the first seven, eight, nine, ten years, it was really hard. And and then we say, okay, how can we how, how can we help the coaches to do what we preach? That is another point. A lot of them, I, I read, I've, I've, I've read thousands of documents where everybody writes down, I'm a, I have a player-centered approach. Yeah, on paper. <laughs> but then you go and see them in the reality and they say, oh my God, forget about it. It's, it's easy to know and to understand it, but it's much harder to do it. And, and that's, that, that's the whole process we have been through the last, even now the last seven, eight years still. 
how can we as an FA give the best example to help the coaches to have a player-centered approach? And that's how we changed the whole uh, playing system. Because if you say it's all about the player, here on the other side, on that pitch, five, six years old kids are now training. So if you think, okay, I do with them what I do with the nine, ten years old, after two sessions, they don't come anymore because you are not, it's not a tailor-made approach for them. Five years old, they are not able to play in a team. And that's another thing which we changed. Um, I think it's now five, six years ago uh, because before there was a reg registration age and it, they should, the, the kids uh, must have, they must be eight years old to start playing football. Uh, four years ago, no more minimum age. So what happens? My son is playing here, eight years old, but I have another brother, uh, five years old. Ah, he comes to the club and say he also wants to play soccer. Uh, can he come here? And, and all the clubs say, yeah, yeah, he's welcome. But then you say, okay, what are we going to do with them? Five years old. Oh, we reduce space. We we make it a little bit less complex, and they will they will love it. Forget it, because. From that moment that we didn't have that minimum age anymore, we changed the, 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 the whole uh, format and, and approach. And they start playing football in Belgium, 1v1, and two goalkeepers. Because at five years old, they only want one thing, having the ball and kick the ball in the goal. That's all they want. And what you see around the pit, all the parents are there. They all shout the same thing. Pause the ball, pause the ball, pause the ball. They don't want to pass the ball. They want to score a goal. So we, we, we changed the approach and say, okay, let's start, let's, let's watch the game from the eyes of the kids. What do they want? Ah, they want to dribble. Okay, let's make, let's create what we call in Belgium now, dribbling football. So they start in the environment of football by learning to dribble and to score a goal. So as they play 1v1 and a goalkeeper, there are no parents anymore who shout pass the ball because they can't pass the ball. They only have to dribble. So what you see now, it's the first, uh, the first environment where they are, the, the first football environment is a dribbling environment, which is very, very, very important. That means that in the learning process, dribbling becomes, is before passing. And most of the time, we do the other way around. And we teach them to pass the ball, but they don't want to pass the ball. They want to score a goal. So first option is dribbling. And then after one year, they play 2v2. And then the year, one year later, we put a third player. So there, it's about decision-making. Okay, can I dribble? Or is it better to give the pass? And then we go to 5v5 only. So it's really a tailor-made approach, I always compare with the shirt. The shirt grows with the player. The playing format, the complexity of the game grows with the experience of the players. So when they start playing football, it's all about me and the ball. And that's really crucial. That, that we can start thinking about how are these kids, how are they, what do they like, and how can we, we should be the experts, the, the adults, how can we organize the best learning environment for 
every single individual. You've also changed the structure of league tables. There's no, there's no league tables for U14. So in, in changing things like that, have you seen a change in attitude of coaches to be more progressive and give more yes. player chances? Yeah, and, and what we see now, the last three years in the southern region, um, they start, we call it uh, festive food, festival football. So what, what they do is we organize three, four, five clubs together. They can bring as much kids as they want of five, six, seven years old. And then we just mix them. So by just mixing them, they don't play team A against team B and team C. You just have fun environment. When, when the parents are used to be for two, three years in that environment, they understand much better that afterwards, when it's about competition, it's competition in the right way. So they have been for seven, eight years in an environment without competition on paper because it, 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 we don't have to be naive. The kids, they play to win. And that's, that. there's nothing wrong about that. There's nothing wrong about competition. But it becomes wrong when the coach starts only thinking about winning. Because then, what you have again? Ah, playing opportunity. No more equal playing opportunity. In, here in our country, it's the rule. Every kid has the right to play in the game. And that's why they come to the training session. If they don't have playing opportunity, why should they come to training session? So, again, it's our role as an FA to help the coaches and the parents to understand why the kids are there. And then to create the best environment where, where they, they are passionate about football. They, they first have to love the game and then they can learn the game, not the other way around. And this is why we helped our coaches to say no tables. Because from the moment that there are tables, some coaches, they lose control. It's, it's about being master of your emotions. When they come, they, and, and that's again the, the difference between knowing and doing. They all know that it's not right, but they are not able to deal with their emotions during these games. They say, oh, I want to win, I want to win. And there's nothing wrong about winning, but it should be winning in the right way. And in the right, in the right way means with my team, with my players. I personally, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't look in the eyes of a kid during the week if I know that I didn't give him playing opportunity in the weekend. So, and, and that's why the why question is so important. When there are coaches coming in in our club, the first question I ask is, they want to be coach. Okay, why do you want to be coach? Because a lot, if, 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 it's, if it's about you as a coach to, to be, yeah, I want to be like the Mourinho of, the, of kids football, it doesn't work. The kids don't come to be to have a coach like Mourinho. That that's that's another level. And and then at under 14, from under 14, we start introducing with the 11 v 11 game, also the tables and the and the, the real competition. But before that age group, every weekend there is competition, but there are no tables. So it's just about creating the right mindset and the right environment for me around the pitch, not on the pitch, because on the pitch it's all. It's all the time about winning. That's why we have two goals. 
because the one who put most ball in the goal is the winner. <laughs> if if it was if it was not about winning, we, we shouldn't have goals. We should say, okay, let's play a rondo and let's have some fun. But we have goals, so it's about it's about trying to win, but in the right way, in in a developmental way, and that that's really very important. And, and this is our role as an AV to organize that right environment. Berlin. A few of the coaches are coming in on the chat here, and, and obviously you know the culture we have in the U.S. And to implement that there, I think the two things that people are looking for a bit of advice in, number one, what if you know, you're dealing with a business model that the parents want to win every game? And number two, what if you're worried that if you don't get the result, you're going to detract from the confidence of the player? How do you deal with those? So that, that's, again... You have to know on which level you are working because uh, also in our country, when it's about the, the academy system, so the elite level, it's about competition. We don't, have, we don't have to be naive. But this is just, for me, it's 1% of the stakeholders of football. So the, 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 biggest, it's, it, the, the biggest number of participants, it's grassroots football. Yeah. So this in that environment, this is really crucial, really crucial. And it's it's also like I don't I don't like to use the word parent education. I've learned it from a colleague from from England. To say it's the, the parents don't like to hear that we're gonna educate them because they supposed they're supposed to be already educated. So what I say it's like sharing your philosophy of development. Knowing the again, it's the same question, the why questions. Why your kids? Why are they here? Why? What's what what we want to do with them? Yeah. So we want to make him or her a better football player who likes the game, who likes to be in social environment, because for most of them, football it's not it will not be their, their job. Well, mm. it's we call it it's school for life. In football, you can learn everything for, 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 for the rest of your life. And that's why it's so beautiful. So we want to create from the very beginning that environment where, that they love, social context, dealing with emotions, winning, losing, uh, making, uh, uh, making, being a victim of a, of a foal, how you deal with that. Uh, it's, 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 it's really all about that. And I know uh, in, in, your, in the culture in, in, in the U.S., it's, it's that, that performance element is, is really very strong. But we really should rethink the, the thing and say the performance, there's nothing wrong with performance. But where? At which level? Where, it is, uh, where is it about performance? And where is it about participation? And that's really crucial. That, that we don't, we cannot mix up these two different realities. And, and, and I know... It, uh, especially now with, with, with the broadcasting and, and the big, there's big, uh, big money in, in, in sports and in football. And, and every parent say, okay, my, my son is going to be the next Messi. Yeah, I think we should uh, buy some mirrors and say, what, look in the mirror and maybe I, I will help you to, to, uh, to really to see the reality in the mirror and not just to dream. And it's good to have dreams. And the kids, they all have. But you must be realistic in that approach and, and share with the parents why you do it the way you do it. And, and that's, uh, that's the most important thing. Because for, for me, 
you have your coaches and the parents. They should be partners. They should understand that we are working on a common project. It's the project of their kids and of our club. This project is a common project. And it's not just about performance. Because when it's about performance, I'm in the professional league. So there it's about performance. But that's less than 1% of the, of the, of the, the whole envi environment of football. When you're dealing with, uh, from a leadership standpoint, and you're trying to implement this here at the early stages, and was there pushback? And, and if there was pushback, how did you deal with it? Yeah. Oh, if you change something, there are obstacles. And you know people, they, they, yeah, they don't want to change. They want to just continue to do the things that they have been doing for 30 years. So uh, the first important thing is, okay, we, we, we created that vision together with all, with all the clubs, stakeholders, the professional clubs, because if, you do, if they don't agree about what you're going to do, it's very hard. It's very hard. From the moment that they say, okay, we want to be a partner, it becomes much more easy. Yeah. But this, it, you only can do this if you give them room for participation. You cannot say to the, to the professional clubs, okay, we're going to organize a meeting. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. No, no. You have to, to create the whole concept altogether and say, what, 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 do, what do we think can be the best environment for development of players? And then every club can keep their own uh, club DNA. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, we don't want to change the culture in the club. Nothing at all. But there is one common element. In any club in Belgium, and even all over Europe, there's one common element. All the players, they are children. And, they, and children, they learn in the way that children learn. And that's what we should be aware of. And starting question away, how can I teach these kids to play football and not say, not say, okay, this is how we did it for the last 20 years. We're gonna, we, 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 we are not going to change anything about that. And for some of them, I, 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 it's easy to ask, do you have a mobile phone? And they say, yes, of course. Why do you, why did you change? Why do you need a mobile phone? 15 years ago, we didn't have mobile phones. Everything is changing. That's the only thing that's sure that everything is changing all the time. So it's it's player-centered approach. Okay, then we have to change for the children, not for the adults. Yeah, and what you when you watch the senior game, the 11 v 11 game, yeah, what you see, ah, it's 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 faster, faster, ah, faster. So we 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 have to do athletics. They must become faster. I know it's faster in the football game. So for me, football it's it's a, it's a brain sport. And in that brain sport, you need to have technical skills, tactical skills, and physical skills, and mental or psychological skills. But it's a brain sport. So that's the most important thing. You can be the fastest runner. If here it's not the right way, you can be strong in 100-meter athletics because there it's easy. They shoot, you run, 100-meter finish. But the game, it's 100% random, very complex. So there, there's much more than that. Brilliant. The, I read a quote from you that said that, and back to your point about dribbling, football is a collective game, but only at teenagers and adults. So 
should passing be left out of those young age, those curriculums? Uh, what is young age? So that, that just that's one of my starting points. It's it it should not be out of the curriculum, not at all, because it's not. And and I I I saw a discussion I think two days ago on Twitter, and 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 again you see oh adults oh my god oh my god I didn't want I didn't want to make any intervention because they, they, some adults yeah it's they think that it's all it's black or white, and it's it's a game based approach or isolated drills. And it's bad or, or, or good? And no, no. It's it's like like diet and food. It's not this this is the only one that's good and all the rest is bad. No. There is a variety of food. And the more you know about that variety, the more you will like the food. So there's nothing wrong with uh, having a, 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 a McDonald's. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you have this every day, I think you will become become too fat. There's nothing wrong with passing, but if you have only passing, it 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 will not be it will not be okay. So you have to, it's 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 a mix, it's a combination. But and this is very important. Seniors or or adults, they they watch the game and say, okay, watch Manchester City, watch Barcelona. It's it's tack 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 combination play. Yes. But from what from what age are players able to do combination play, and what do they need as observation skills or perception skills? Is their brain brain ready to execute these quick decision makings based upon that perception? No. At very young age, they just look there. So we we have to think and and and, and create the best environment that fits their age group, and then it's about. Uh, we changed like first thing to teach them is dribbling. Second thing is passing. And then it's a combination. All the time it's if if you can dribble your opponent, yeah, you create one one man or one girl more in the next step. So for us, and, and this is also linked again with the center player-centered approach, football it's 10, 10 times 1v1 plus the goalkeeper. So if you start from it's the one v one, if if all your players are able to to deal with the one v one situation when they are on the ball and off the ball, your team will be very successful. So if I have the ball and I can dribble my opponent, okay, and then afterwards, okay, then probably one will step out. I will give a pass to my teammate. It's all about combination of passing, dribbling, passing, receiving, shooting. It's all of that, but you have to find the right. The right proportion at the right moment, yeah. Uh, and something more that just to make like, uh, it's it's we, we tried from the very beginning to have more creativity in the game. And creativity, the best way to show your creativity is on the ball. If you pass the ball, you you can't show your skills anymore on the ball. So it's it's and that's. Yeah, giving a value again to these individual skills. And that can be dribbling, but that can also be passing and shooting. Why not? Brilliant. Uh, Reese Carr has asked about the, when you said football is a, is a brain sport, he's asked you about what are the best methods that can help players in scanning and decision making? And again, they're, they're, the best situation is, is, is the game situation. 
but okay, and, and I, I discussed about that in the, in the previous week. What, what does that mean, the game situation? So the, the, the 11-11 game is, is very complex. So the best way is, okay, how can I teach them in a, in a, in a less complex environment? So, for example, when, when you create a 2v1 situation, yeah, and you, you're playing 2v1 or 3v, 3v2, yeah, and you start from the team in superiority. The player on the ball, they say, okay, two opponents, we are three. So I have to make a decision. Okay, where are the opponents? What am I going to do best now? Pass or dribble? All the time making that decision and reduce space, reduce numbers, and then go to more complex. Because it's, it's the brain. It, it has to be all the time. It's like a library. The more they are in that situation, the easier and the quicker they will find the solution afterward. But isolated drills without decision-making cannot help them to have that. For, for me, every training exercise should be like perception, decision-making, execution, evaluation. Was the execution and the decision-making right? It's all about that all the time. So you can do like almost isolated drills where there is at least a decision to make based upon, for example, they, they put the color on. Did they see the color? Red means you have to go to play in the right goal. Uh, uh, yellow means they have to play in the, in, in, the left, in the left goal. All the things like that where they have to quickly perceive, make the decision and go, to, go into action. Because that's all the time the mechanism that, that's, that makes the complexity of, of the game. During this period of cultural change, uh, we have a coach, Mar Marek has asked if, was there a stage of mentoring and coach education? Was there change mm -hmm. at that there as well to, to try and teach coaches? How was that? Yeah. And, and that's yeah, why I'm, I am so lucky um, to be 20 years involved. So we started 20 years ago. And at that moment, I was a coach educator. So uh, I was teaching French in, the, in, in the high school. Um, I was football coach. And they asked me to be instructor on the on the coach education in the system, and so then from that moment I, I was involved. Uh, so, coach education is key for the development of football. So, we 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 worked for almost two years to to create that vision, and then we say, okay, now how can we spread that message? But not just talk about it but show it how to do it. So for, for one year, we made the, the tour all over the country. And there again, small country, so easy to make the, the trips everywhere. Um, organizing a mini course of, of uh, 50 hours, 5-0, and for free. Because this was where the government and the association, they made a huge uh, effort, financial effort to say, okay, we need partners. It's, it's like onboarding. We need them in our boat, show them 50 hours, practical sessions, all of them. Okay, now we understand. And then we say, okay, now you're, you go back in your clubs, find one or two partners. And then you have that multiplication effect. Yeah. And that, that's uh, really, really important. And then we had another point where, okay, as a national association, say with our national teams, we open the doors, training sessions. You can come and watch, watch how we do it. And then just, Train the way and play the way like you teach in the in the courses, and 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 there again, 
it, uh, it's, it's the common principles, like Belgian football, this became on the longer term, Belgian football DNA. Uh, they, all our teams, they play the same way they, because they train the same way. There is the same approach because we are convinced that this is really very good to make them better as an individual player. Again, something in the in the US culture for sure is this this I don't know if it's obsession, but it's definitely it's it's we're conditioned to assess talent at a really young age and and say mm. what it can do and can't do. Kevin De Bruyne is one of the probably the greatest late developers, I suppose, of all time. I mean, when you look at his pathway, was there something about him that made players persist or was or made coaches persist? Or was it the system that he's had in place with said, this is where, where this player is going to develop longer than others? Yeah, so I, I know him very well because he's from the same age group as my son. So they played together. They played against each other uh, for, for six, seven years. Um, and they were both uh, late mature players. So And they were both playing on position, position 10. So uh, offensive midfielder. So when you play on that position, you play against the defensive midfielder of the opponent team. The profile, very mature player. So from the very, very beginning, the club where he was, they, it's, they, they were 100% sure that he was very talented, but he, he, had, he needed much more time to be ready for competition and really the performance aspect. But he was, he was a genius. So as he was small and, and thin, he was always looking to find space out of the duel. And that's his quality also now. Because before he receives the ball, he knows already what's gonna, what he's going to do. Because of that accumulation of looking for these actions all over the pathway. But... If in their club they would have said, okay, uh, too small, nobody knows if he would have rebounded and come back in the system. So, and we had some other cases like that. Um, and, and it's really so important to, to, and again, now I come back to that performance side. If these parents we, are, we have been talking about, they say, okay, yeah, performance, performance. If we follow them, Kevin De Bruyne is out at 13, 14 years old. Because it, when you talk about assessments, it's not about assessments of the performance. In talent identification, it should be about assessment of the potential. And that's something different. I, I've seen playing Romelu Lukaku at uh, 13, 14, 15 years old. Romelu at 13 years old, he was like me now. He was an adult. So they played a long ball and he started running up towards the goal with the ball. And the defenders, they were, they took their, the, his shirt and they just, he just continued to run. He said, is there something on my shirt? Because he was so strong. So everybody could see there. Oh my God. He's amazing. He was very, very, very strong. Of course, he had, he had also the other skills. But there, there it's easy. That this is talent that's that's clear. But that the other one, I call it the the, the gray mouses. Yeah, 
they are they are gray you don't see them because in the performance aspect they are invisible you must have an eye to see what's happening between the lines out of the duels and then you can detect oh he's he's always on the right place he he receives the ball and just before the duel hop, he he gave already the pass that means that that brain about perception decision making execution it's it's amazing the speed of decision making fantastic iniesta xavi you do you don't need these big 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 players to be ready on the on the on the adult side but you need to be patient as a coach and as a as an academy system you have we really need to give them the time to develop and and that's why also again like you say it's all about the player as an av say let's show it so we created i think 12 years ago we created under 15 16 17 two national teams so you have the national team that plays the tournament and you have the national team we call it the future teams and they they are all late mature players we play international games with them friendly games against other nations in europe who seven eight years ago say okay we have to do this also because we picked the wrong players because when you compare your national team in under 15 16 17 and then you compare your national team in under 21 and, and the 18 what you see most of them who were in the 17 they are invisible they, they are out of the system so there's something wrong at the very beginning and what's wrong the selection because we make the selection to perform in the international tournament and that's that's not the best way because yeah you can win the tournament in under 17 but it's all about the senior team the long term and that's why we created that we call it the future teams the late mature teams and um, and 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 it's it's amazing to work with them they they are they have an they have a different mindset these players because they are so small that from the very beginning that they come in the academy system it's all about survival they must be smart to survive so they must develop other skills the other ones the strong ones it's easy they they just go in a natural way they go through but then when you come at senior level the young the youngsters who were small and thin they have been growing and then they can use all these other skills that they developed on on that pathway and and that's why it's it's so important that the the, the potential should also be evaluated and and sometimes it's it, it's hard but then we say it's better to have more players longer in the system instead of throwing them out and making big mistakes two players there and different forms of development uh, in terms of Lukaku and De Bruyne but I would say similar in terms of uh, like their intelligence of, I suppose, their mental capacity to yeah. deal with adversity, make decisions, go to different environments. Was there anything done from a development standpoint on the mental side at that young age? Yeah, they, they, that's like I said. It's all they, they they were experts in survival. So, and and what did they this men, mentally? They are they are they are much stronger. Uh, they also they, they, their their mindset is it's all about be, becoming better because they know I I can I cannot relax and say okay okay it will work no no from the very very beginning they 
they also want to, to, to they all the time want to become better and 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 they do extra uh, extra work uh, not only in training but also at home and and uh, yeah we, we I've been coaching both of them and especially in under 17 and I remember one of my players he's he, he's now in Liverpool uh, he he's, he scored one of the goals to win the Champions League Divok uh, Divok Origi he was in my under 70 team and Ivo said we were in Estonia for, for a friendly game. And, and uh, he just made a, an international transfer to uh, Lille, to France. And, and um, we, we were making between the, the sessions like uh, interviews, press interviews to teach them how to deal with press. And, and I, I still, I will never forget that I said, okay, Divo, tell, tell me what, what's, what's happening now. You, 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 you make an international transfer. You're only 16 years old. Uh, what does that mean for you? And I will never forget his answer. He said, coach, yeah, now, before, football was, was my passion and, and, and it was my hobby. And now, it, it became my, my job. And I said, oh my God, what does, what does that mean for a, a boy, 16 years old, to step from a top club in Belgium to a top club in France? with an international transfer, so big money involved. What does that mean for a brain of a 16 years old boy? And immediately I saw what it meant because his way of thinking was changed from one day to another. So, and he, he needed some time to deal with it in the right way. And, and, and there you see, but he, he was very strong from the very beginning. He's very physical like his, his, his dad. Um, but then when you compare these guys with the late, with late mature players, they, they, they are completely different. Their mindset, it's, it's, it's different. It's different. Yeah. And this helps them to develop. And, and they want from you as a coach, they want, they want you to value their effort because with these guys, it's all about effort. They, it, they, they, they give maximum effort, but the performance is not always 100%. So if, if we don't value them, they also get disappointed. And it's, it's again, harder for them to catch up with, with, uh, with, the, with the system. So it's really important to be aware of that. And, uh, and, and as a coach, to say, okay, how can, how can I make a right assessment for every player? And, and this is not like the team. The rules are there. The game, yeah, the laws of the game are the same for everybody. But in your team, you have different profiles. You need different ways of dealing with them and different ways of assessing them. And we assess them player sent in a player-centered way and in, for the future. What's the, what, what, what's the best decision for them for the future? You're well aware of the challenges in, in the U.S. that we're facing with, I mean, not fulfilling potential and people going in different directions, et cetera, et cetera. What, from your perspective, how would you approach the solution standpoint? Would it be to go under one framework or do you think because of the size of the U.S. it needs to be regionalized? Yeah, it's... There are different, different. You, there are different ways of of doing it. But I think one of it's it's not realistic to do in the states what we did in Belgium. I think it's because there are too many stakeholders. So 
there's there's too many too much ego involved it's very clear so who's gonna make the plan for everybody the common plan no the, the, there are so another approach is okay what can we do in a region how can every region create the best environment for that region and i think then you can you can really have very good results in in your region by creating the best environment for the development of, of of kids there and and if you have the autonomy in the region to to uh to change the playing formats to to change the approach just do it just do it and don't don't continue to do what you have been doing for 20 years and hoping that the results will be different because that means yeah that you're crazy if you if you do the same thing and and you hope that something else is going to come out <laughs> if you want another outcome you have to have another input otherwise if you continue doing the same thing the results will, will, will stay the same so but that it's that and and I, I was happy to hear about player centered approach that's the only way that's the only way you you have to start from from the individual and then try to say okay how how is this individual and what does he or she need and then the create that environment it's all about the coach the coach is it's it's an it's the architect of the environment if the architect is doing a good job the environment will flourish that's that's easy it's it's quite easy another one of your quotes that i read that i, I wrote down love that uh, love the game and then the learning can start it's something that and I don't think we address it enough that there's young players. I mean, we can call it retention, but there's young players that are falling out of love with the game at a very, very young age over here in particular. What are some ways do you think that coaches can help older players rekindle that love of the game if maybe it drops a little bit? Yeah, well, but again, we come to the why question. Why did the love of the game, why did it drop? Why did it disappear? Why? If you know the why you can find the solution. So most of the time, most of the time, it's about playing opportunity. And, and human beings, they want, they want it's, it's natural. Everybody of us, we want to become better. So we're making an effort to become better. If you feel in your environment that that environment is right for you to become better, you're happy. The more happy you are, the better you will perform and, and the, the bigger your effort will be. So we, we start from the players and say, what do they like? Okay, they, they, why do they come to training session? Okay, create that environment that they find why they are coming here. And a lot of time, uh, I, I, when I watch sessions and I see, oh, there is a queue of 10 players. So, you have one activity, nine rests, one activity, nine rests. Yeah. If you are in Florida, maybe you're still happy because of the climate. If you do this here, <laughs> after two sessions, they say to their parents, I don't like this. I quit. What they're going to do then? Tennis. Individual sport. Because tennis, it's all about you. It's all about you. All the time, it's about you. And that's what we have to create in, in, in the training environment. And when it's all about the player, they will become better. And then, next step, you have the weekend. 
What happens in the weekend? The games. Why do they like the games? Because they want to play. So make them play. And, and, and for that, in, we also decided five years ago to help our coaches and we changed the regulations. Why did we change the regulations? Because we saw that all the time the same players are on the bench. They are on the bench and they play the last 20 minutes. For me, it's easy. Here with my coaches in my grassroots club, I asked the coach, if you are the player and you sit on the bench and you play 20 minutes, and next week you play 20 minutes, you're going to be happy? And, say, and they all say, all the coaches, they say, no. And then I say, why do you put them on the bench and let them play 20 minutes? Ah, always the same answer. Because, yeah, we want to win the game. So what did we do? We changed regulation. We play four quarters, like basketball. Not first half, second half. First 20 minutes, up, quarter. You can give some, you can do some individual feedback and coaching, which is fantastic. They just come to the bench. All the substitute players, they have to come on the pitch. So first half, everybody plays at least 50%. Second half, the same. So by using these four quarters, we make the parents happy because all the kids, they all play more than for 50% of the game. So all the parents happy, all the kids happy. In the beginning, the coaches were not happy because, yeah. So, and then we'll say, okay, if I put I have four bench players, if, if, I, if I put my four reserve players on the pitch, my team, the performing is going down. I say, okay, then you don't have to put these four on the bench. Change a little bit, mix them up, try to find a good balance. Because what, what's happening psychologically? If you and me, if both of us, we are every week bench player, how do we feel? How do we feel in front of our, our, our teammates, in front of the parents? Think about that. They don't come here to become professional player because we are, we, this is grassroots football. So give them what, what give them why they are coming, give them what they need, which is let them play the game. So the why question, why do they drop out? It's so important. It's so important. Yeah. Last couple for you, because I know you've got to run in 10 minutes. Whenever there's, if we go now to, because I mean, the one thing I've learned from this conversation is the, the interconnectedness between the coach creating the environment for the player and you mentioned that what, you know, or sorry, that why you want to coach arrives, why are you coaching? Is that a big staple of your coach education once people come in? And if the coach is egocentric themselves, can you change that coach or is it bye-bye? No, you can change. No, no change. Um, changes, it's, it's, uh, you cannot change the uh, personality. But most of the people, they are not really egocentric. They, they are not like that. They become like that yeah? in our environment, in our society. Because they all, why do they behave like an egocentric coach? To say, okay, I'm the best. Do you see my team? Again, we won the championship. They become like that. Make them coach in a weaker team and you're going to see what happens. So in our club, we change that. And I say, there is a, there's a weak generation coming up. I say, 
now we got now next season very interesting very interesting to see what's happening and that's the process and from the moment that they are aware about what's happening there they they understand and and they change their behavior because the behavior is the consequence of values and they have the they have positive values and the what they do afterwards it just because of that but when you put them in an environment where the parents where the club is is all the time pushing them to to have performance and to win the game we make them like that yeah but it's it's uh it's it's quite easy to ask ask players so when the session is finished or when the game is finished and when the players are together ask the players what they think about their coach and then at the very at, 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 when the coach is there maybe they are afraid to talk but ask them without the coach and and make a video of it and then show it to the coach and then it's like the this is the real mirror the video tells you who you are in the reality and not who you think you are and then you say okay my god oh i cannot that that's this is not me this this doesn't match with my values but it's because of the emotions of the games that that they are that they are changing behavior and and it's it's acceptable it it's it's a learning process where you have to to go through and and that's why um we we are teaching them um for me one of the biggest quality of a coach is observation skills but if you if you are observing you cannot be shouting all the time because your brain cannot do two things shout and think and shout and observe because all of them are shouting so we have first better yeah but that's good but there's something better observe you have you have you should see what you want to see and then you can make an intervention but don't tell them just what you want to tell no ask them because in the game you're out of the game they have again perception decision execution and then evaluation was it the right decision or not so that's what they have you have to teach them all during the training sessions also in the game and that's why the four quarters are so interesting at, at after 20 minutes you they come in and and you can give one one point of attention for every position you say the wingers next 20 minutes i want to see wing penetrations and crosses central defenders like you can say i want i want you to to challenge and to dribble in for the next 20 minutes my observation the next 20 minutes will just be okay i'm going to i'm going to try to check how did they do that and then we go in the dressing room and then I, I, and then you can start asking asking them how did it go what was going right what was going what was difficult where did you feel where, where did you see obstacles how can you solve the obstacle it's all the time about them so we can we create that environment where we ask and we listen to them instead of we talk all the time what i'm doing now <laughs> yeah uh, bad example bad example <laughs> last last one for you uh steven has asked um uh, and i can see this here that in belgium you you must have it must be a hotbed for players going away to other countries and getting picked up anyway uh, similar to probably what ireland maybe a little bit now but definitely where we were 10 15 years ago players who don't make it and come back is their challenges reintegrating them when they've had an experience that they've not made it away from home 
uh, no, no, there's, there's, there's no issue about it. But what we see is those, uh, we had very, back, very bad st statistics about those who left at early age. Uh, most of them didn't, didn't, were not successful and are really completely out of the professional game. Um, and, and I think, and this is a little bit, I think Ireland is different that you, you, you are much more, you have more, much more the adventure side that we have. Our culture is small country. We like to be at home here. We speak our language. Uh, we, we like the family. We can't miss the family. Um, so it's hard to leave just like that. But what happens because of the money, they leave. They, I take the example because most of them go to the Premier League. They come in the Premier League, England, different language, different mentality, different school system. And then you have to perform as a youngster, 16 years old. How can you deal with all these things? Which girl or boy at 16 years old is strong enough to deal with all these things and to be taken away from his normal environment and to flourish in another environment? And almost zero. The other way, the, 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 what we try to explain them, and, and a lot of them are doing it in that way now, is if you're really talented at 17, 18 years old here in Belgium, you can play in the senior team in the first in the first league, play for three, four years, make we, we say make kilometers in the professional game. They play European games, 21, 22, they leave abroad. They are they are adult, they have experience, they, they know about all about the professional game, they know how it works, the dressing room, they know all about that, and they are ready. And this is what you see, like the Brunner leaving, Lukaku, all, the whole national team, all the players, they are all playing, all playing abroad, and they play. It's not just to leave, yeah, to be to be in the B team. Uh, it's being ready first as as a person, as an individual, being ready to go for for an international journey because that's that's something special. That's something special, and and you really need, yeah, need to be strong enough to deal with that that, that change. Completely change of life. Everything changes. Fantastic. Chris, I've already got messages to try and get you back on again. Uh, but if, I, we, we, we will, yeah, because now I didn't have a lot, a lot of time to, uh, but if think about maybe a topic and, 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 and maybe, and, and I, it will be a pleasure to come back and make like a presentation with some, uh, some slides about, uh, ask them what, what, what they, what, what they like most and, and you get back to me and, uh, in June, we will find a we will find a date uh, to come back and uh, to 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 do something about about what what your preferences are. So no problem. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. I can't thank you enough. Um, enjoy the grass today, and uh, we'll, yeah. we'll hopefully speak to you soon. Okay, very good. Uh, all the best. Thanks, yes. everyone. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. For more coaching topics, sessions, and resources. Head on over to Coach Kernine on Facebook or visit the website at www.modernsoccercoach.com.